ability to rebuild one's life after a brain tree and to actually get to a point where you say, yeah, the old, the old me is gone, the old life is gone, but you know what? I'm going to make a damn good job of making sure that I lead a good, positive life going forward. That is incredibly inspiring. And with the right help at the right time, there can be life after brain injury. It's important that, that people hear that, that we are fighting as hard as we possibly can to make sure the brain injury is amongst that discussion for funding. Do all we can to lobby government to make sure they listen. Hello and welcome to On A Good Day with me, Elizabeth Callahan, And me, Julia Ajay. This is the podcast which delves into brain injury and its impact on all involved. On today's episode, we are delighted to welcome the Chief Executive of Headway, Luke Griggs, onto the podcast. Headway is one of UK's biggest brain injury charities, providing much needed help, support and information for survivors and their families. I've known this firsthand and have been involved with Headway for many years after first becoming aware of the services on offer when Hector was first in hospital. Luke has been at Headway for 16 years now, but only recently took on the top leadership role. Luke, a huge welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. So first of all, tell us a little bit about why you got involved with Headway in the first place. What brought you to the charity? Well, I was like many people, I think, who, who get involved in the third sector. I was working, well, my background has always been um, PR communications, and I was working for a PR agency in Covent Garden. And I, I was doing the, uh, represent one of my clients was, was, I think, Capri Cakes or Mr. Kipling or something. And I found myself writing press releases for, for women's weekly magazines about light, fluffy, moist sponge. And I kind of had this epiphany saying, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to life than this. And uh, my uncle was, had a career in, in the charity sector. And it just seemed that that's something that really inspired me. And, and the, 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 the truism, really, or the, the, the cliche that I really wanted to, to have a job that I felt I could give something back and make a difference. So I, um, I then um, was with another of my clients um, was based out in Herefordshire, and they did some local local work support a local charity called Headway Herefordshire, and I you know ended up speaking to a volunteer to um, to write the press release and got them some press press coverage locally, and I just remember coming off that call thinking what an amazing charity, and as I was then looking for you know looking to move into the charity sector a month or two later, lo and behold I saw a, a job advert for. Uh, the communications manager role at this charity called Headway, the Brain Injury Association. I thought, well, there's got to be something in that. So um, long story short, I, I eventually got that job. And, and almost 16 years later, here I am. Um, I think that was the reason for I joined. The reason why I've stayed for so long is because, again, like many families listening to this podcast, um, I was able, after learning about brain injury, because I didn't know much about brain injury when I joined. And after that, I was able to identify the fact that my grandmother had lived with a traumatic brain injury all her adult life. She had a, a, a mic accident when she was about 25, and we're talking about the 1950s here, and it changed her. Uh, I knew my grandmother as somebody who had aphasia, who had um, problems with, with her memory, with her mobility, um, with a lack of insight. And we didn't understand why. We just thought that it was just, well, she's just a bit different. But the reality is, after joining Headway, I was able to identify that, that my grandfather had been living with a changed wife. My mum and, and her two brothers didn't have the mum that they should have had. And more importantly, more painfully, my grandmother didn't understand why she was unable to find the word for a pen, why she was unable to get her words out, her emotions out, her feelings out. 
why she wasn't able, her, her mobility was 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 so poor. All these cognitive deficits that she didn't understand why, and she was punishing herself for not being able to be the person she wanted to be. Sadly, she passed away before I joined Headway. So one of my driving passions for staying at Headway is to try to do all I can to make sure no other families go through a similar experience and they understand. And getting that first understanding that it's not your fault, that you've done the thing wrong, and there is a reason behind all this is a huge, huge first step. And I want to make sure all families have access to that. That's a really, really powerful reason. Thank you so much for sharing that, Luke. Um, that's something so many people will identify with that are listening. So, Luke, after hearing that and, and hearing about how your grandmother didn't have the support um, because it wasn't available and, and there wasn't the wider understanding there of some of the things that she was going through as a result of her brain injury... How does Headway support people affected by brain injury? So we're here for, for, for people right from the moment a brain injury strikes. And that can be through a phone call to our uh, our helpline, um, which provides any kind of sort of support or information to anybody with a question or, or issue affected by brain injury. Even if it's someone just saying, like, I don't know where, I need someone to talk to, I don't know what's happening. People from the bedside saying, look, the doctors are saying they need um you know some some kind of in-depth technical operation or they're, they're planning to do this they're planning to that what does it mean i'm scared just to talk them through the situation the pathway so we're back right from the, the start we also have something called the emergency fund which enables um families on low income to afford the transport to be by the hospital bedside we hear too many tragic stories where people say that they they, they are sleeping in cars because they can't afford the petrol to go to and from the, the 40 miles to the the, the specialist unit that they've been taken to, which may be best for their health, but maybe many, many miles from the family home, and they can't afford to be there. How can somebody be in a situation where they can't be by the bedside of a loved one in coma when they're most needed? So our emergency fund can provide grants to families to help them afford the, the cost of transport or accommodation. So we start from that very early stage, as well as people then accessing our website and our free to access technical information about brain injury, which is uh, highly commended by the British Medical Association, one of the most comprehensive forms of, of information about brain injury on the internet. So it starts from that very much that information and support phase, and it transitions all the way through to, to living with a brain injury. And that could be through the use of having a, a headway brain injury identity card, which can be a crucial um, crux, if you like, or, or give that confidence to actually be able to lead more of an independent life by helping you have this card that explains the effects of your brain injury, which may be very hidden and may be complex, may be misunderstood. You could find yourself being accused of being drunk or being just aggressive or whatever it may be for no reason and not get that help and support and understanding you need in the community. So the ID cards are a huge part of, um, of how we help to people live independent lives. In addition to that, we have um, we support a, a network of around 120 uh, headway groups and branches across the UK, each providing very, very different but but similar in the same, same time um, forms of support or rehabilitation or... Uh, anything from basically a social meeting all the way through to, to cognitive rehabilitation sessions that are funded by local authorities um, or CCGs or, or what have you. So that, that support is a kind of an all-round holistic kind of support that we can provide um, to, to individuals and importantly to families and carers as well. Yes, Luke. And, and again, I know how important that um, support from Headway is and how the wide range of services that you offer can really stretch across 
so much time that that people are affected by brain injury because as we know it's not a life limiting condition in terms of when it happens it doesn't mean that um the survivors of brain injury are necessarily going to live for less time but they will live for with their brain injury for as as long as as they they have and um that means that those needs change from the very critical point um through to living with brain injury as you say and that range of services from all the information you have on the website the helpline there's an online community as well isn't there through to the local branches i think really does give that spectrum those local branches um and the more in person support that they can give um can you tell us a bit about what the situation with local branches is now? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, again, it's important to, I mentioned before, the groups and branches. And I think this is, I won't go too much into detail of this, but the, it is important to say that uh, the Henry groups, of which are around 70 across the UK, these are autonomous, independent charities of their own right. And, and they are affiliated to, to Headway, uh, the Brain Injury Association. So we support them, but effectively they create their own services, have their own um, commissioning and, and do their own fundraising and you know anybody I would certainly welcome anybody uh, listening to this to, to to get involved with their local headway and and, and uh, whether it's to take advantage of their services or to support them in any kind of way you can the branches are volunteer-led and, and tend to be um, provide more social engagement uh, and what have you so uh, because of volunteer-led the branches aren't necessarily as um, pressured by the current cost of living crisis that we're seeing um, whereas the, the, the headway groups, which are small, relatively small um, local charities, uh, are under tremendous pressure right now. Um, we've all known about the, the cost of living crisis. And, and if you think about how it's affected charities that were already operating on incredibly tight budgets, suddenly have had to see staff salaries increase significantly. The cost of heating and you know electricity and, and, and insurance for their buildings gone up significantly and the trouble is local authorities can't afford to keep pace with those those cost increases the infl- raising the rate of inflation that are char- you know, driving up all these these prices and cost pressures on on these small local charities and as a result many of the headway groups are now facing significant financial pressures and and, and challenges um and it's and it's a concerning situation it really is we at the uk you know the national charity are trying to do everything we can to support this network but it's um that sustainable funding issue is has never been greater in my certainly my my 15 16 years in in the charity sector this is a, this is a concerning time with that in mind luke how are you kind of campaigning at a higher level with uh, go- government to to get more support well you i'm sure will have seen and 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 hopefully your your, your listeners will have um Will, will have seen also and maybe contributed to there is a there's there's a new abi strategy that is being um, developed within government and this was a long and hard fought after um process that that um you know, led by sir chris bryant mp who is the chair of the all-party parliamentary group for acquired brain injury with support from headway and and, and other campaigning organizations and indeed individuals and the idea behind the strategy is to have a, a holistic approach to uh, the way the brain survivors are identified and supported by all areas of government. So bringing together all government departments, whether that be you know, the Department for Work and Pensions, whether that be the Ministry of Justice, whether that be the Home Office, um, all of these various different aspects, because we know that brain injury affects every aspect of one's life. So you can't have 
a strategy that just looks at, at, at welfare. It's got to, you know, or, or, or the support provider or health, for example. It's got to be in a holistic, you know, departmental-wide strategy. And that was the aim and objective of this, this strategy. And we've certainly made numerous calls and, and been heavily involved in the development of this strategy over the past year or so, consulting with the Department for Health and Social Care, who are leading on the on the, on the development of this, and we've been pushing hard. Um, uh, and I'd love to say everything we've said has been listened to and, and acted on and, and what have you. Um, but I think we've got to have a dose of reality here that that while this is pushing the conversation forward, I I, I think it's unlikely that um, we're going to get everything that we've been asking for, chief amongst which is, is a conversation about how people can access specialist neurological support at the acute level and post-acute community-based level, the ongoing support that we, you know, the hospital can help you to, and, and a rehab unit can, can, save your life they can teach you how to walk and talk they can teach you how to feed yourself they can't teach you how to live with a brain injury they can't teach you how to regain your independence how to accept the new you that you may have become and that's where headway groups and branches come in to help people to relearn lost skills to rebuild their lives and to regain a degree of independence now if those local charities are not funded properly sustainably then the reality is that the access to that kind of support for people to help them to become play a more active role in their own local communities to regain that degree of independence that will be lost so we are calling for a discussion um, on how local authorities fund charities such as headway local local headway charities and i think it's a much needed and overdue conversation but as a conversation that needs to happen at a very difficult time when we know that the government and the local authorities are under tremendous financial pressure. Um, but, you know, we it's important that, that people hear that, that we are fighting as hard as we possibly can to make sure the brain injury is amongst that discussion for funding. Um, again, it's been underfunded for decades and 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 it's it's a difficult conversation for us to to have. But we are we will continue to to push for that and and do all we can to lobby government to make sure they listen. Thank you on behalf of our family and all of our listeners as well for the work, the lobbying work that Headway is doing to raise awareness of these issues with the with the decision makers and to fight for those resources, Luke. Um, I yes, think that's, that... and here, here. Um, and I mean, is there anything else people can do to help you with this cause yeah very much so i think if you haven't already i would encourage everybody to contact your mp it may seem a simple simple message and simple thing to do and you may feel that actually it doesn't make a difference we had that we took part in a um a parliamentary um lobbying event um a few weeks ago now um and it was held in 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 house of parliament and it was a chance for campaigners and, and individuals and charities to come together to meet with MPs and to push the agenda and to get their support for the ABI strategy. Around 60 or 70 MPs turned up to that event to meet constituencies, to hear more about brain injury and to, to, to be lobbied about what they can do to support. This, is a, this isn't a, um, a party political issue. This is, this, is, this is all MPs from all sides of the House that can, should be engaged in this. And what we want to make sure we do is get every MP to understand what brain injury is. And you know, I've always said that I understand my responsibilities as of working for Headway, whatever role I've had in the past, particularly now as chief executive. 
but I can stand on stage and talk about brain injury for, for hours. <laughs> I'm sure nobody wants that. But I'm also fully aware that if I gave this the platform, somebody with lived experience of a brain injury, they can make far more impact in 10 minutes than I can do in, 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 in 10 hours because that lived experience is so powerful. And I would strongly encourage, therefore, everyone to, to, to contact their MP, ask to meet them, send them a letter, talk to them about the effects of brain injury and what support is needed and how important that is to not only improving their lives, but also to reducing the cost on, on more costly state support. You know, we know the fact that attending a headway session two days a week for a brain survivor can improve them, uh, their, their mental health well-being, it can improve their cognitive abilities, it can improve their physical abilities and maybe vocational. So it actually maybe helps them get back to work or education. We know those practical benefits. But we also know the respite it brings to families and carers. We also know that it actually can help to keep families together. And if you think about family breakup after brain injury, it happens far too often and, and understandably so because of the pressure that it brings on all involved. And the reality is if you as a local authority or a government are funding the right services, the cost savings of the public purse of keeping those families together by making sure they've got appropriate support are significant. They're huge. And we need to push that message across. So it's a double message about doing the right thing by supporting vulnerable people and vulnerable families. But also, let's talk in MP's language. There's a cost saving to be had here, so it's a win-win. So please contact your MP, talk to them about brain injury, talk to them about your brain injury or your, your, your family's experience of brain injury and ask them to support the ABI strategy. Thank you so much. And we will certainly, I think in the in the show notes, we can make reference to that as an ask from today. You mentioned Luke, about the brain injured family and all those people around the person who's had a brain injury. Can you tell us what that means in terms of your work at Headway and Headway as an organisation with the support that they offer? If you put it into a bit of context first, we know that while there is a problem with, with um, understanding how many people are living with brain injury in this country, we do know that around 350,000 people are admitted to hospital every year with a brain injury. That's one every 90 seconds. Now, when you put that into context, you think, well, okay, the majority of those people will need some form of help and support in the short or long term. But that 350,000 every year talks about the individuals. Let's look at the ripple effect then of brain injury and how many people are affected by brain injury every year. That number multiplies by however many people you want to put to it. If you talk about your immediate family, the, the extended family, your friends, your colleagues, your sports group that you take part in, your social groups that you take part in, your local community, the ripple effect of brain injury goes far and wide. And it's really important that, that, that people you know, understand the impact. It's not just that the brain survival that needs help and support. So we have a number of um, ways that we help families and carers because, again, I think it's really important not to pigeonhole people. Some people will say that, you know, I've, over the years, had the privilege of speaking to so many people affected by brain injuries and, and everyone's story is different and unique. And I've had the tragic situations where people say, like, I'm not, I'm not his, his wife anymore. I'm his carer. My husband never came back from the hospital, even though he sat next to me on the sofa. And they're, they're incredibly hard stories to hear, but it's, it's their experience. Alternatively, so no, I'm not his carer. You know, I'm not, I'm not her carer. She's still my, she's still my wife. And, and, and that's an end of it. She might be changed. She might be not the person she was, but for me, she's still my wife. 
and it's every unique experience. So we have to recognize that as well. So it starts from, for example, on our, on our website, we have specific materials and, and fact sheets and booklets and guidance for, for families, for carers. We have um, a booklet on, for, for, aimed at siblings, um, for parents, for grandparents even. For people who are slightly more removed from it, for, for we have guidance for friends, for colleagues, how they can help adapt their or understand brain issues. So they can make sure they welcome back a colleague with a brain injury, make the, re the, the relevant and necessary adjustments. So all those kind of publications are geared to individual uh, people who, who are affected by brain injury equally as well. And then if you extend it out to the headway network of, of groups and branches, many of them will offer carer support programs. And they can range from, from just socials to make sure they've got a bit of respite through to the really, really important safe environment of um, kind of mutual counselling, if you like, or, or, or discussion forums, where they can just offload and say, you know what, I love my partner, but my God, today they've been really, really difficult. And I know it's not their fault, but I just want to be able to scream and shout and get it off my chest in a safe environment where no one's going to judge me. And everyone's going to say, I hear you, I feel you, I completely agree let it all out and you don't feel guilty but can, you can say these things to people who understand it and that is hugely hugely important because in living with somebody with a brain injury who you love and, and, and dearly treasure but it can be difficult you know we're talking about you know personality change we're talking about lack of empathy we're talking about difficulty controlling behaviors and aggression none of these things may be their fault but nonetheless you're entitled as a carer or a family member to be hurt by them, to be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll change my language, to be frustrated by them. I could have said something else. And I'm sure that in these forums, people do say other things and, and aren't quite as careful with their language. And they're really important too. And people need to understand that they you, you are allowed to have these negative feelings from time to time. Absolutely. Um, uh, Julia and I are kind of nodding away with that. And I have to say, we have our friendship and relationship has developed in in a way that it is a really safe space for us to be like oh my god you'll never guess what happened today or always driving me mad and it is having those other people that understand where you're coming from and having no judgment about what you're saying or how you're feeling um is is so so important and i think that that support that we look for um from headway from each other um hopefully from the podcast for some of our listeners too, means that we can be the best carers that we can be as well, or supporters or family members or friends to make sure that the recovery for our loved ones with brain injury is the best it can be. And I think that that support, particularly in a very resource poor environment that we're, we're in now for services, is going to be more and more important and that support for the whole family around someone with a brain injury so that we can all uh, come together to achieve the best outcomes for us all uh, is going to be so important, has always been important, but is, is going to remain important. And actually, Luke, as I'm talking, it makes me think about your grandfather too, when you started with the story of your grandmother and how much support he must have given your grandmother yeah it, it, it always weighs heavily on, on on that and and i look back now and, and you can see that and if i spoke to my my own mother about this on, on many occasions and 
there is a sadness there in terms of the frustration he must have felt. They never had the diagnosis. They never had. He never had someone to talk to about it. He just and he got frustrated. He got angry and and he got cross with her because he didn't know why and, and nobody knew why. Uh, and and the pressure on their relationship and the fact that they they stayed together. And my grandmother died her and she was around sixty five. It is a horrific situation, and the fact that he didn't have that kind of support or understanding or even that diagnosis, it, it does make me frustrated and makes me sad to think about it, which is, again, another reason why, you know, podcasts such as this are so important, because while we know that support available from, from Headway and other places is far greater than it ever was, and the diagnosis and acute treatment is far better for brain injury than it ever was, we recognise, fully recognise, that we're not reaching as many people as we, we we should. And there's an issue there. So one of the projects I want to work on is in making sure that we have a closer relationship with with hospital staff and, and, and acute staff to make sure that every person working in a brain injury unit knows about the support available, can signpost, and doesn't just see their responsibility as being, well, we've patched you up, don't know anything about what's next, because that's where people fall through the gaps. So, you know, that's why the, the, the greater awareness is, is so much needed, because there are people out there who are still in a situation that, that that my grandfather was all those years ago where they're not getting that help and they're not understanding that the help is out there and they're trying to deal with this on their own. And, and I don't think anybody should have to deal with this on their own. So, Luke, you're talking about your vision, um, your vision for Headway moving forward. And uh, you've, you've mentioned about raising awareness and making sure that I'm sure Headway is the first port of call for people when they leave hospital what what else is in your vision for headway as you as you move forward in your position as chief exec so i was very privileged to follow on from from um, the previous chief executive peter mccabe who was with the charity for 20 years in, as, as chief executive and he grew that charity the charity over that those two decades incredibly um and really uh, uh, takes a lot of should take a lot of credit for for the position that we're in now. Um, but whenever you have that kind of transition from, from a long-standing chief executive and new one, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to look at things afresh. Um, and of course, that was exemplified, added to rather by um, the fact that COVID changed so much for us. And, and you know, when, when COVID hit, like many charities, we had to go into crisis setting and uh, we lost a number of our staff and, and had to operate on a skeleton basis for, for several years before now we had started that process of rebuilding. But what we've done is, is make sure we're doing things slightly differently. So we're not just you know, filling the posts that, that were, were, were left vacant. We're looking at it afresh and taking this opportunity to step back and say, OK, how can we do things differently? And how can we work more effectively? Obviously, we're using more communications tools. I mean, this podcast being a prime example and how we're all using Teams and, 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 and Zoom now to, to better connect with our network across the UK, but also look at how we do our services differently. There's two key words that I've been using in terms of my vision and that's visibility and connectivity you know we're doing so much wonderful work here at Headway and I think we need to make sure that that's seen by more people and more people have access to it and and you know that that visibility you know is at all levels uh, whether it's online whether it's in in awareness raising whether it's building relationships with um, with the hospitals and, and making sure that you know and, and and social workers and case managers whoever it may be and that also then ties into the, the concept of connectivity. So that's, again, connecting with, with the, the, shall we say, statutory services more, but also with other charities and other organisations and doing more collaborative work so we can actually all pull together our resources and actually work in a more cohesive way um, to, to, to fulfil our remit of improving life after brain injury. But they're the, the, the two strands of what we're trying to do. So, so yes, having you know, 
building those relationships with with, with hospitals, um, looking at more projects that can maybe help to champion um, employers who are going the extra mile to help people to adjust to to returning to work uh, and understanding what they may be. I think we should, we, with more work we can do in, in, on, on that side of things. Um, ensuring that obviously the key priority at the moment is to try and do all we can to to ensure financial stability and, and sustainability for the network of groups and branches and to try and develop that. And ultimately with the aim of making sure that wherever you are across the country, you have equal access to um, specialist help and support to help you to relearn and rebuild your life after brain injury. I mean, that's the ultimate aim. Um, and there's a long way to go on that. But uh, certainly, you know, along the lines of visibility and connectivity is, is where we've got to go. Two such powerful words. I can see that when you move forward with that work, which you're already doing, um, that's going to reach out to so many more people. And I think it's actually been one of the unexpected um, positives that's come out of COVID uh, is that way that people can become connected online. We know that some people struggle with that because of their own um, data poverty or also because of their lack of skills with um, IT, but it still is providing such a huge ways for people to connect isn't it um who who live in all different places in rural areas who might not be able to get to services as well so to hear that you're you're really looking at how headway can support in that area is wonderful and uh, certainly that's how i first came across headway was at addenbrooke's hospital um and i think that is a really a really key part and i'm i also do hope and see that with social prescribing and again with the need for those community connections that the medical profession is becoming more connected into what's on offer when people leave but there's uh there's still a lot of work to do with that yeah there are some positives i'd like to think that the move to integrated uh, integrated care systems and integrated care partnerships which are designed to make sure the health and social care are, are better connected and people don't slip through the net. I hope that that's going to provide some some improvements and potentially even some funding for 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 local groups. I mean, a lot of the local charities I mentioned often rely on, on social care funding, but actually, there's a, because there's an issue with it, is the effects of brain injury, the long term effects of brain injury, should they fall under social care or should they fall under healthcare? There's always been that kind of grey area. But the reality is social care is so stretched, you know, maybe the answer is actually to focus for, for, for those groups to actually focus more on health budgets rather than anything else, because that can actually help to make sure that, um, you know, that, there, that this is seen and given that, that due respect. Because if you talk about health budgets, as I said before, the reality is that health budgets should be focused on helping people with brain injury to, to rebuild their social skills, even if you think that may be social care, because otherwise, they will return back to the health the health system if they don't get the help they need elsewhere. So again, it's that holistic message about how we can make sure that the changes that are going on with the move to the way that social care or, or healthcare is being funded could actually be beneficial to brain injury. But again, it's making sure that everybody within that ICS, that, that integrated care system service or in, integrated care partnership with ICP, knows about brain injury. So is there... A brain injury lead within that integrated care partnership do there is there is and, and again the problem is there isn't actually a, a, a pathway there isn't a care pathway specific to, to, to brain injury there is for stroke but not for trauma 
So, you know, there needs to be that, that care pathway. So everybody involved in the health system knows, okay, situation here, they've been discharged from hospital, what's next? Okay, here's the pathway. What's the community support? Um, so there is some some good work going on, and we're just going to make sure that um, it's not done on a postcode lottery basis. So in other words, that every integrated care partnership is required to have a brain injury lead. That's another thing we're calling for, to make sure that, you know, this isn't if you live in one part of the country, you get you're on a good care pathway, everything is smooth, no drop in, in care, no slipping through the gaps. But yes, if you live, you know, 50 miles down the road in a different area, you get a completely different experience. And that's always been a problem. It just feels like common sense to me to when you're discharging someone from hospital to tell them what the next steps are or where they can find the help. Or And it amazes me that in, that's not the case for every brain injury that, that that's available. There were some really, really excellent examples of best practice um, around the country where you have a specialist, for example, a specialist brain injury nurse whose role isn't to uh, help with the clinical care. Their role is purely to guide and advise the families about what the next step is, to listen to them, to sit by the bedside and say, look, you know, this is what's happening. This is what they mean. This is what the jargon is. This is the next steps. Let me signpost you on. They are too few and far between. We we previously had a, a project that was funded by the lottery called our, our Headway Acute Trauma Support Nurses, and they did that role. And we had them in four or five different hospitals. And the, the idea was to then, for the National Lottery to, uh, to hopefully, or other funders to, to, help us to extend that across the country. Unfortunately, instead of that, the, the, the funding was eventually pulled because it was seen as um, effectively a Rolls-Royce service, if you like. So in other words, it was helping a number of families in a brilliant way, but because they needed that support, it wasn't. It was very expensive and therefore wasn't helping enough people in enough ways. So we need to look back to the drawing board and that's what we're gonna do to find out whether there is a way that we can, at the very, very least, ensure that everybody has at least some form of help and support, some signposting, some information. You know, it may not be, you know, having somebody, everyone, I'm sure everyone would love to have somebody by the side holding the hand all the way through this process. But if that's not possible, to at least know that there's an emergency fund grant available, there's a helpline that they can talk to, there's a website that they can look at. So even if it's just making sure that every hospital has clear information about what support is available, that's that, that would be a, a really important first start. And that's, that's what we're looking at, how we can develop that in partnership with the, the, the Headway Network. There's so much to do. I just wish that we could do more. Like, you know, just listening to that, you just, we just, there's that urge and I can feel your passion come through so acutely with that as well. Um, and I know Headway is in such great hands with you at the helm, Luke. It's great to say. And yeah, obviously on a good day, just add that to all the signposting as well. On that note, what for you, Luke, kind of rounding everything up, um, obviously, the podcast is called On a Good Day. What for you makes a good day? I, as I started at Headway all these years ago in a communications manager role, one of my key roles there was to be a voice for brain survivors. And I had the privilege of um, helping people to write their personal testimonies and, and for people who I the utmost respect for the people who were willing to share their experiences of brain injury in order to help others by raising awareness. And I, I took such pride in in, in that work and, and it was such a privilege to actually be able to to be a voice for people. Nowadays, my, my, my role has changed and, and too often I find myself stuck behind the desk in the computer or the phone or, or you know, dealing with the various different things and I'm learning what a chief exec does. 
the last week, for example, was, was, was action for brain injury week and uh, the week before and time is getting away from me. But um, it was a great opportunity for me to get out and about and to, to visit several different headway groups. I was over in Northern Ireland seeing our services over there and, and I visited a couple of uh, other headways having their events during ABI week. And that was just such such a privilege. So a good day for me is being able to go out there and to meet people with a brain injury and to be inspired by them every time I do. The the it, it, risk of sounding almost patronising in a way, but the the ability to rebuild one's life after a brain injury, and to actually get to a point where you say, yeah, the old the old me is gone, the old life is gone, but you know what? I'm going to make a damn good job of making sure that I lead a good, positive life going forward. That is incredibly inspiring. And when I get a chance to be in a room with people like that, all the carers say, well, it is what it is. You know, we're happy. We're, we're making our own new happiness. It just fills me with so much pride and, and, and inspiration about, you know, the fact that there can be life after brain injury. With the right help at the right time, there can be life after brain injury. So for me, a good day is being amongst people who are actually benefiting from any kind of support from, from brain injury and can champion brain injury far better than I ever could. And yeah, that, that's what I would call a good day. Luke, I think you're doing an incredibly good job of championing brain injury. Wouldn't you agree, Julia? I absolutely do. And I think that it was it was so inspiring to hear what you said. And that's what we're striving for as well. And also hoping that our listeners can take some of this to to help them have more of the good days. Oh, it's, it's very kind of you. I mean, I, 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 it is a cliche again, but it's more than a job to me. It always has been. Um, but with that comes that responsibility that I, I, you know, never want to let people down because I recognise that anybody working for a charity you know, in terms of who's your boss, well, I consider brain survivors and carers and families to be my my boss. I'm sure the, the chair of Headway UK may actually think differently. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, 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 the beneficiaries are the people that really matter. And, and we just want to continue to strive. We've got a very new team. We've got new ideas. We've got new enthusiasm. We're trying to do things differently. Um, we're open to to feedback. We, we want to listen to people. Because um, if you don't listen to, to the people who are beneficiaries, then, then you you're missing a trick so badly you're going to set yourself up to fail we want to do things differently and continue to to work as hard as we can to to improve life after brain injury because anybody affected just deserves nothing less absolutely and i think what you're saying about that acceptance and leading that life um in spite of the brain injury and actually becoming an even better person because of it because of all the challenges that they experienced and you know, Julia and I see that and I probably don't give our husbands <laughs> enough credit sometimes in the day to day. But when you take a step back and you look at how far they've come, it is incredibly inspiring. And, you know, I don't say it to him often enough, but Paul does inspire me in that he's just get up and go. And, you know, yes, he has his down days, but he has his, his very good days as well. Well, I suggest anybody if I haven't, on our website, we did a campaign a couple of years ago called A, a New Me. And I found around three quarters of the brain survivors consider themselves a new person after brain injury. If anybody hasn't, check out the resources on the A New Me section of our campaigns page on our website, because I think it's really, really interesting perspective. There's a second one we, we did the year after called You, Me and Brain Injury. And that looked at the, the partners, the ripple effect that we talked about. And sometimes I think, in, in the position of a family member or a carer, sometimes it's just good to see the, the perspectives of other people and realise, actually, that person's nailed it. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I think. That's my experience too. And that can actually help provide some comfort to know that, that what you're feeling is completely legitimate um, and, and take that different perspective 
um, into to your own into your own life. So there are loads of those really um, you know interesting and, and again the, the the main strand coming through our website is the personal testimony, is the personal voice, and I think you know if you're able to do so, it doesn't bring out too many memories and, and you're in a good place to actually look at those it's always a good place to to, to spend is to to see those other perspectives and realize actually you, you may not be exactly the same but you've probably got a few similarities going on there thank you so much luke for your insights for telling us all about headway we will certainly be giving people the links to headway to be able to check out all of that on your website good luck with your new vision good luck with your championing the cause and with all the campaigning and lobbying that you're doing for continued awareness raising of uh, brain injury and the new acquired brain injury strategy thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure i've thoroughly enjoyed it um thank you so much for the invitation and uh, yeah best of luck with the podcast thank you so much luke and all the best with everything with headway and we look forward to seeing how it evolves and grows onwards and upwards absolutely take care bye-bye Bye. thank you so much for listening while you're here do have a bit of a favor please take a couple of minutes to rate and review on a good day on your podcast platform it'll really help us to grow the podcast and it to become more visible to those who may need it in their lives also if you're not already follow us on instagram on a good dot day twitter on a good underscore day and come join our facebook group as well we're growing a bit of community there which is really exciting um share this episode with friends and family for now Have a very good day.